for reduction in prices, you got it. You ask for an opportunity to jump in the stock market, you got it. You, you, you ask for where you can grow and start business. What better time than now, right? What better time than now? Because you're at home, you have the time. Um, and even solutions like masks, just making masks, making uh, protective gear. There were so many opportunities for people to step up. Tweet Talk episode 60. It's lit. This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of generational wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can't fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates, exclusive collection available at investattheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. Are we on the air? Tweet Sugar. dope what it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build yes. wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganer himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Episode Russell Westbrook, man, because we're doing the last number. We, we ran out of the full number. So this is episode Russ. It has to live up to the hype of Russ, and I think it will. All right. So as usual, it is the usual suspects. Myself, Raphael Husbands. Find me on Twitter at Work Money Life. And of course, my co-host, Charles Ogilby, a.k.a. Todd Two Milli, a.k.a. Todd Billion. Multi until I die or something. Multi until I die. (laughs) And tonight we have a special, special guest, six-figure YouTuber, Erica Williams, well known across the uh, YouTube I, I universe. Like she should call herself a seven-figure YouTuber at this point in time. We got we got to save something for the winner. We got to save something for the winner. Save something for the marketing team. <laughs> All right. So, introduce yourself, Erica, to the people who may not have heard of you before. Hello, everybody. This is your girl, Erica, the Classy Climb blog. Uh, I am a six-figure YouTuber. Uh, I raised $1.9 million in funds, and now I have managed $2.1 million currently. And I'm in the project of Texas Ground Zero. It's 18 acres. 15 acres in the back is land. Three in the front is a truck repair shop. We'll have food truck, vendors, 300-plus uh, parking spots for trucks, and that's just our first big project in Texas. So before we go any further, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. And the question sure. is, did you speak to the amount of money that you've raised? And I know when you first started doing your raise, you had a, uh, a minimum. Do you think that minimum is important? And have you experienced a different business, I guess, kind of experience than other people who might be working with people with less money? Uh, the best thing I can tell you right now, I have people who invested over $100,000 plus with me. I can't even get them on the quarterly meetings. They're busy doing life. They're busy running businesses. Um, I've had people who we let in for like, you know, just a small squeeze space. Hey, let's squeeze on in for $1,500 or $1,000 or $2,000. They've been the most difficult to work with, most difficult to grow. Um, And that's no slight. That's just usually you're talking about people who are in a different position. If you have five to 10K to invest in a, a truck, or real estate in Cleveland or Detroit or Texas, you're just usually in a different financial position and your your conversations are different. Yeah. And do you think that their expectation in business is more realistic as opposed to people who are thinking maybe this is like a, a lottery ticket? I'm going to put this money here and we're going to be rich tomorrow. 
Yes, yes. So um, I, I was going to make a video and then my staff let, didn't let me make it. It was called $500 Miracle. And then they were like, no, don't do it. Erica. But <laughs> a lot of people think, hey, man, I'm going to spend $500 and it better be coughing out money every month. Um, and that's just not the real world. The real world, most uh, investment clubs pay quarterly, biannually, end of the year. Uh, I'm in eight different investment clubs at this point. And some are apartments. Uh, some are uh we got working on a little farm thing on one. And, and what I've learned is uh, this is like you're talking about two, three years. I've invested in cacao and uh, Belize. I've invested in co- coffee in Panama. You, this isn't like you better be coughing me coffee bean money every day. No, that's not how that works. Yeah. So there's a uh, a planting and harvesting kind of thing that you want to educate people on that. Like, hey, we don't kill the golden goose every month to get eggs out of it. Like we we let it grow. We let it build. And then we harvest. What do you got for Raphael? Yeah, so Erica is new to the show, and I'm sure we have new listeners on listening to this episode too. I I think I need to remind people what the the the, the format of the show is. Mm-hmm. Every week, me and Charles, we never talk about this, Charles. Uh, every week, Charles and myself, we pull tweets. I I pull tweets mostly from Charles, and we just expand on them and talk about them and tweet from the guests if we have one and. That's about it. But it's all about building back love for what we need to do to move forward. And I think the way Charles started off this conversation, we need to start with one tweet from Charles. Mm-hmm. Charles, you said the rich get richer because the poor don't have patience. Um, You know, I just be out here living life, watching Instagram lives, watching protests at the Black House, because I'm just genuinely interested in what's going on. And I realized that, like, a lot of people are trying to rush things. They get into these opportunities and they're doing great stuff. And so you have, they're buying assets, they're they're doing private funding. They've turned into the bank that we always said that we needed and we wanted. And then you have people who are like, oh, I mean, that all oh, that's cool, but like, I need my, my dividend right now. I need that dividend. Where is that dividend at? And I, I just kind of realized like in investing, sometimes you got to let it come to you. And in business, sometimes you got to let it come to you because a lot of what we're doing, we've been doing. And so I was telling somebody, I was like, I've, I'm the same person now that I was then. Life just caught up. The world just caught up. Ecom caught up. Ecom caught fire. But I've always had an electronic commerce platform. And so I told people that that you have to act as though you are before you already are. So if you know that patience is what leads to riches, you can't be out here making impatient moves and then wonder why you aren't rich. And so another thing is that having the money to be patient also helps as well. And so if you are <coughs> investing your bill money, now you're going to ruin that opportunity. But if you are investing money and that you still have money to pay your bills and you have money to let that investment come to fruition, now we're talking you're making forty, fifty, dollars $100,000 just from your investments, all because you let it grow. You let that tree grow. You let that that business grow because that's what it has to do. But then when it does grow, you're manifesting your wildest dreams. Now you're making money hand over fist. Now you're making more money than you could have ever dreamed. And so if you just wait, you can get rich. But if you rush, you might still be broke. And an example of that is the people who are looking for money in that immediate moment. If you're looking for a moment next money next week, you're going to end up getting a job. But if you have the ability and the patience to wait for that to come through, three years, five years. Now we're talking about taking something public because you just found the right opportunity to create billions, trillions, as opposed to just another hundred bucks. What do you say to that? I was going to say, it's a habit too. Investing's a habit. So I almost had wished 
instead of people giving a $500 lump sum that they gave them 50 every week for 10 weeks, right? Because now they built a habit and it's not like, oh my God, I gave you 500. I gave you my last, um, never give your last. Like there's a rule of thumb. My grandpa was like, don't spend your last dollar, right? If you got $5 in your pocket and something's $5, don't buy it. You never spend your last dollar, bad luck. And I've just been very, I just always thought it was the craziest thing that people are like, I gave my last money. Don't do that. That's just on, you know, common sense level one. But I feel like the, the crazy part about it is we'll see something like that and we'll blame the person that provided that opportunity as opposed to blaming the individual. And we always talk about accountability, but it's like, what about personal accountability? It's great to hold everybody else accountable, but when are you going to start saying, hey, they could do whatever they want. I messed up. I blame myself and I'm going to make sure that going forward, I'm not going to make that mistake anymore. Like that's how you win. You don't win by punishing other people. You win by improving yourself. Yeah. So to the listener audience, uh, be sure to follow Erica on Twitter at Erica S. Williams, and that's Erica with a C and a K, E-R-I-C-K-A-A. I see a lot of people don't spell your name right. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weekly challenge. You're like, let's see how they're going to spell it this week. Yeah. And you know you're not that big on Twitter. I, well I don't. Known for you. I just go over there and throw stuff on the wall, and then I walk away. <laughs> like what's funny is my staff is going to take over a lot of the platforms like they're going to take over twitter and they're going to take over instagram and it'll be very uh nice but it's one of those things where it's like i go i watch the philly and then i just kind of watch it and observe you know i just kind of keep myself observing more than i am participating on twitter honestly that's how i used to be on twitter too i used to feel like it was my responsibility to read every single tweet that came through and so if i didn't see it i would go back and i would find the beginning and read it that's like my early days on twitter and now i kind of live on twitter but i don't live on twitter reading i live on twitter producing i'm just putting out content taking my tweet of my thoughts i don't really do too much reading what anybody has to say but i also feel like that's just like a business principle as well it's like i'm too focused on executing my own vision to really give a care about what anybody else is doing like I'm not over here critiquing them and analyzing them. Like they do them, they ain't paying my bills. They ain't paying for the little, little notice private school and enroll it. Okay. So well, I think the biggest thing too for me is I, I learned in this whole past three years what is my big bucket. My big bucket has always been YouTube. Mm-hmm. So these other platforms, Instagram is nice. It's nice to have DMs, you know. Uh, Twitter's nice, but honestly, when I go on YouTube, I've I've commented in other people's videos, and they'd be like, "Yo, Erica Williams," and like so it's just it's funny to me because I'm like. As big as YouTube is, it can be small depending on what uh, what sections and things you are in. So I feel like that's a principle that people have to understand. Is kind of understanding where you need to double down and what you need to neglect. And so if Twitter is not yielding you dividends, you don't have to spend that much time on on Twitter. But if YouTube is where you need to be spending your time because it's bringing in the most money, and you got to kill it, and you got to do cool intro videos, you got to upgrade your equipment. Like that just makes sense. And so that makes one hundred percent sense to me. And I would say for listeners, like that's where you got to find. And that's all I was talking about. Like. You got to try a bunch of stuff. And when you find what hits, go all in on what hits and then neglect everything else that doesn't hit. And that's how you make a million in three months when it took you a whole million, a whole 33 years to make a million. Because I figured out what works and I didn't do anything else but that. For three months, I did nothing but that. And if it wasn't working, I had to figure out a way to make that work. And so I didn't divert. I didn't switch. I was like, you know what? I found out digital products is where it's at. I'm not doing anything else that doesn't look like digital products. Doesn't look like share results on the internet. Like that's what's working for me. So I got to double down on that. For sure. Yeah, Even so, with COVID. I'm sorry. So COVID, yeah. had, like, hit, COVID hit hard and various like businesses I was participating in and actually running. And YouTube paid. Like YouTube covered for three right. months one of my businesses. So when people are like, oh, Erica, I'm like, 
I'm like, y'all made six figures just off affiliate marketing last year alone. Like there's certain parts of like the more I go, I really have to educate people about the power of YouTube because people are like, oh, I don't understand. You don't have that many subscribers. And I'm like, see, you don't, you don't understand the game or how it's played or, or how you actually win. But that's, that's more on another day. So. I feel like that speaks to also being diversified in your businesses because, I mean, we have rental properties and the rental properties might have slowed down. Mm -hmm. You have e-com and e-com has gone nuts. And you have other things like vending machines and half my vending machines did well, half my vending machines didn't do well. And people who had rental cars out there, now they're having a slowdown from COVID and Uber's having issues in California. So people listening, like be diversified in your businesses, not just getting, I guess, so focused on one that you might get blindsided when you hit a tragedy. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you a question, but I forgot it. Raphael, where are you? Yeah, I got you. And uh, Erica was just talking about investing is a habit. And if your money is low, Erica has a lot of videos about how to start off with like stash and acorns and all these, all these investments I never heard of, like lending club I never heard of until I watched Erica on YouTube. Yeah, I had never heard of them. Lending club got so much money, they about to open a bank <laughs> in the middle of COVID. Lending club made that much money for the past, what, 12 years? Well, 10 years. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's a lot of powerful platforms out there, but sorry. I just was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. If you're listening, you gotta subscribe to Erica Williams on YouTube. You have to. Yeah, you open my eyes a lot because I'm pretty sure that I discovered Charles through you. I think so. You know what's funny is I was thinking about that too. I was like, I, I think Raphael found me through her because I was like, Raphael's on everything that Erica has. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's how we connected. I'm pretty sure to tell you that Charles's video is probably at 15,000. I'm gonna go take a peek while you talk. Go ahead. So I look so young. I see all this stuff that I was doing back then. Like, bro, like I look like a kid. <laughs> I, listen, I just, um, people don't know I'm going on my sabbatical here in a few days. And I literally up the personal trainer time four days a week. We up the meal plan. Like, cause you'll see yourself. People like, Oh baby, we got to get back. Right. We got to be right. So, you know, there's just certain things like, um, and there's a lot of pool parties in Texas. So I'm like, all right, now, <laughs> I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna be back. So yeah, you had your boat party what a week ago, two weeks ago? Uh like two weeks ago, August first. So about like almost three weeks at this point. But shout out shout out to sabbaticals. I was um watching Pastor Mike Todd and he was talking about how every year he takes like I think a month to a month and a half off, like no work, nothing. And he was talking about how all the great things he was able to create while on that break. And so he started going through all these different sermons that he's like famous for, things that have gone viral. So he did like crazy faith. He did the first relationship goals all through sabbatical. And so it's funny because like I need to take a break too. And I'm heavily considering after we get this house, like I'm just, I'm just going to chill. So can I ask you, what is the plan for why you are on sabbatical? And I mean, do you just plan on shutting down? Where are you going to go? Are you going to be able to be contacted by like key people? What does that look like? So sabbatical for me is a ramp up. Now, what does a ramp up mean? So um, we kind of condense in here, right? We've already pre-recorded maybe 60 videos. We have editors in Uganda. So we're stepping up the production quality. Um, I think we have over 20 videos recorded by AM1. So that quality is just already there. And we'll sporadically for the rest of the year, probably for a solid three to the four months left in the year, probably for the rest of the year, you'll see a nice, clean quality production increase for the rest of the year. On top of that, you'll see, uh, I think we have we purchased 50,000 podcast ads um, for the next four months consistently. So every month, about 50,000 podcast spots on iHeartRadio, Pandora, 
uh, and other podcasts, and it's through Audiegogo. Um, they're a really great company. Then mobile billboards. So there are certain cities like Houston and Florida and Alabama that we're going to do mobile billboards in. And those are just billboards that are on cars. And you, you know, when you book it, it's about 50 to 75 cars in a concentrated area on particular type of cars. Uh, and on top of that, YouTube, Facebook, we have like, uh, I have a, not Tyrone, which Tyrone is like the biggest, you know, ads guy in Atlanta right now, but I have someone who he trained underneath him who is going to be running our ads. So for me, y'all may look like, man, Erica doing way too much, but I'm going to be gone. This is going to be all kind of curated in a very smart way. I'm, uh, I was going to take three months off earlier this year and I didn't get a chance to, and I can tell it in my performance and in my interactions with staff. So uh, for me, it's, it's just a mental, you have to do it. So combination of Alaska, uh, some Hawaii, some Cabo, some other spaces, but uh, I will have a stunt on them end of the year video because people are like, well, how much money are you really making? So like, I think it's December 30th. I'll either be in Cabo or be somewhere for New Year's and I'll be like, well, since you asked and then kind of do a rundown, <laughs> I'm like, I don't need your funky money. I mean, I basically made money over here. Like I'll give everybody back their money today and keep it moving. Right. Like you have to, you know, kind of correct people. Cause I think people assume, well, you're, you must need the money. No. So, so there's just levels to it. So it'll look like, man, there is all over the place. These ads get on my nerves, but I will be on, you know, uh, the back. That's the best way to say it. Okay. Wow. So you really want to have it ramped up. That's yeah. I mean, there was something that Jason Black said that was cracking me up. He was like, he was talking about shadow banning, which YouTube very much does for a lot of people. And wow. he was like, you can't shadow ban a billboard. And ever since he said that, I was laughing, but I was like, he's right. If you're attacking it from all sides, whether it's online, mobile, in audio, in cars, People get really familiar with your voice. Um, people know, like, and trust you. People, you know, spend more with you. So, so uh, can you explain real quick for the listeners what shadow banning is? So shadow ban is, uh, there's been, so here's the thing. The power of YouTube is so crazy that we're kind of on the first generation. We're now going to the second generation of YouTube. Um, let's say you're a popular channel, but your channel's about guns, or your channel's about Christianity, or your channel's about something particular that maybe. YouTube, you've done something in the algorithm that they find maybe offensive or they don't want to promote on their platform. So all of a sudden, when you go to type their name in, they're like 10th person down on the list, right? Or they're on the second page of you know YouTube, right? So you're searching for them and you don't find them as readily as you would other people. And so you got to realize this is a giant computer. It's SEO. It, it, right now, YouTube has a lot of people hitting 100,000 subscribers. Uh, and so what we did is we realized, okay, we're shadow banned for various reasons. So what we've done is we've we've actually gone over and created other channels. <laughs> so new channels and those new channels have started growing traction. But we work really hard on our SEO over here. And when you go Google my name, you'll find credit, you'll find trucking, you'll find a lot of stuff. And the topics on the channel have made it heavy. Right. So it's a lot of topics. So the computer doesn't know what to promote exactly. And when you do that, uh, you know, YouTube can kind of like reduce traffic flow to you. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. And you said the way to get around that is to keep hitting from all angles. Yeah, so I mean, the biggest thing Jason Black and several other people who have done is they've got to take it to the streets. They like do radio ads, they do billboards, they do other things. And what it does is it swamps the traffic onto the computer. It's, it's coming from all angles. So then all of a sudden now the computer's like, oh, 
let's send lots of traffic here because you know this is actually popular or people are searching this topic so much the computer knows to not shadow ban it anymore. Gotcha, gotcha. So you had a, a tweet, Erica, that said, y'all mindset matters. You want to talk about that for a little bit? Oh, mindset matters. So I had yeah. um I've had people um right now as we're collecting the stuff for the ads, they pull up a lot of testimonials. I've had people take my course and and like, oh my God, I went and got sixty thousand dollars in business funding like the next week because I took Erica's course. And then I had a guy who on the boat party, he lost 50 pounds and he made a company called Mindset Matters Tees. So he started mm. these t-shirts from the quotes I was saying on the channel. And and literally, so imagine this guy's lost 50 pounds, he's like changed his life, he's got a a business that's kicking income e-commerce and it's powerful it, it, your mindset and how you react to things matter um, another big thing i like saying i don't know if you're looking at my tweets right now is one monkey don't stop no show one right. person not liking you don't stop no show Definitely. one person falling out with you don't stop no show and i'll give you an example as nice as i can be and very be polite a pc for the public I was in, I'm gonna have investments in multiple cities. And I literally go on Instagram and I go, hey, you guys, help me. I need help in Cleveland. I need help in Detroit. I need help in North Carolina. I need help in Atlanta. I, so every day it's surprising me. It'll be 20, 30 people like, hey, what you need? I'll go there right now. I'll drive over there myself. I'll do this for you. I'll do whatever. I'll take a picture. I'll, you know, and so mm -hmm. when I think I'm stuck in a property or a house or my truck, there's people all over, you know? Um, really big thing is people realize that I left my third party company last year because they ripped me off about $70,000. Well, then I'm, they pretty much abandoned my trucks. And I said, oh my God, everybody, internet, help. And I had truck drivers from East Coast, West Coast, wherever, like, hey, we'll go get it for you right now. Where are you at? Just pay me when I get there. I'll get you. And you have to realize one monkey don't stop no show. Your relationships that you build with people is so strong and your name is so valuable that people will go out of their way spend days recovering your equipment, spend days going over to your property. Um, I had one of my YouTubers basically go over and say, hey, uh, I'm the property manager. I need keys and access to this place so we can secure it. And the community beside him was like, yes, he is. Like they reached <laughs> out to me on the internet and was like, yes, he is. And then the locksmith was like, okay, and opened the door and I was able to secure one of my properties. And I mean, it's just, <laughs> there's so many stories like this whole Texas Ground Zero, you know how it started? I had a YouTuber. I helped him with his business and his finances, help him get loans. He literally spent a year talking me up to these owners like, hey, there's a girl who want to buy this place. She's amazing. You know, you need to work with her. You need to sell to her for a year. So I walk up to the place January this year, first time ever. And they're like, hey, you the new owner? They From then on, they've been telling people I'm the new owner. Like, and it's from one person out here talking me up for a year. Didn't even know if I wanted to do it. Just kept watching my YouTube channel. I know she's going to want to do it. She got all them trucks. She's going to need it. She's going she gonna to need it. A place to park and a place to grow her business. And people just don't understand like that one relationship. Uh, I, instead of giving that guy 10% of the deal, I gave him 30%. I mean that <laughs> instead of that business making 1 million, like it does now, it's going to make five to 6 million when this is done. And there's going to be a hotel on the property. So you don't know what one relationship can do, but always remember one monkey don't stop, no show. And if you built your name up and you treat people right and honest, they will come work with you. They will come help you. What you say to that, Charles? Um, I'm just, I'm just, listen, I'm just learning. There's a lot of things I don't know. I'm just learning. <laughs> I think it's funny because uh, when you were talking earlier, Erica, about um, maybe they should have let people put five, ten, whatever, small amounts in monthly. When I first uh, heard of Charles and he had his basketball club, you know, he started off that people invest for 25 a month. Mm -hmm. That's when I joined the club. Mm -hmm. And 
he was saying part of the reason was to get people in the habit of investing. Yeah. That was that was so key. And it's also funny that uh Mindset Matters used to be our first ad sponsor on the show. Yeah, yeah. He keep he keeps sending me messages on Facebook like, hey man, I'm trying to lock this in. And I'm like, bro, I get so many messages and questions all day. Like I'm just overwhelmed. I was like, you got to call one of these girls, like call one of the girls yeah. <laughs> and you get locked in or contact down to the voice directly. But contact to me is, it used to be the best way to get in contact with me, but it's not. Listen, and people really take it like, Eric, I've been messaging you for weeks. I'm like, you do know we have about, uh, <laughs> we get about 200 to 250 emails a day over here. And we have VA, two VAs in the Philippines, six people in the office, um, there's just staff on staff, right, at this point. And so by the time I see it, if you in my, like, I've had people reach me on personal Facebook, I'd be like, what you doing over here? Where you got to get over here, right? So That's um, so funny. When people yeah. send, when people hit me on my personal Instagram, like, bro, like, you in the wrong, <laughs> you in the right. wrong place. <laughs> like, there's 15 people you could have talked to before me. What you, what's going on? So, that's um, so funny. It's interesting, for sure. And also, with the two of you on here, I think you are two of the, I would say you guys represent this very well. Uh, Erica, earlier this year, you would always talk about, on YouTube, you would always talk about 2020 is the year of the super team. Yeah. 2020 is the year of the super team. Always. Can you tell us more about that, what that really means to you? Super team. So at one point, I actually met with this businessman here in Texas, and he has over 100 uh, real estate project partnerships, right? So he's partnered on 100 different projects here in Texas, super, super big money, um, living his best life. And I, what I realized is everybody knows at some point you need to par- partner and, and grow together so you can get where you need to go, right? Zig Ziglar, you give enough people what they want, you get what you want. And for me, what I realized is Instead of all these internet beefs and this like back and forth, like super team, like come together, promote hard and grow. Uh, the biggest thing for me, what really changed it is I had Terry Egelman, Travel Trade, uh, I may be saying it wrong. And she came on my channel and like just that super team alone, it that was one of my six figure uh, affiliate marketing. I'm not trying to tell them my income, some taxes ain't done, but a lot of times y'all see partnerships. And I just did six figures off that alone. And that young lady, it also made her uh, number one position on Teachable for four months in a row out of every single e-commerce in the whole nation. I have people who have gone to her school who are holding up signs saying, I make a thousand day trading and I just want to thank you, right? I attended one of her, her classes that she had live I walk in the room, people are like, yo, <laughs> right? Like, oh my God, I, I, you, real, you guys are real friends and real people. And for me, I just kept saying like the rise of the 20%, this is where people who have been like sitting on sidelines, reading, educating themselves, wanting to invest, like you are going to be, your children are going to be wealthy off the decisions made off 20 point blank period. I feel like what's interesting is, I mean, I've always kind of had some sort of a connection with somebody who had influence. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just attract that. Um, but I found like the, the super team is real because in the beginning when I was kind of starting my, my Twitter journey, I ended up linking up with like Hotep Jesus and we were cool for a minute. Mm-hmm. And that like grew my Twitter, po- my, my Twitter, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, following. And mm-hmm. then I would say one of the influences that I linked up with was Erica. And like that grew certain things that I was doing. So group investing and all that stuff. And then I ended up linking up with Chris Johnson. And so it's always been me and somebody else. I mean, it is tough to do things by yourself, but if you are somebody that brings value to the table, you're going to attract people who are dope. And so I always tell people like one of the best networking strategies is to be dope. Like don't just expect somebody to make you dope. Be dope 
and then dope people will find you. The thing is, if you're dope and they don't find you, you're still going to get the results of being dope. But it's cool when you are dope, you link up with somebody else who's dope and you guys can both go further because everybody kind of benefits when we work together. Yeah. And so that's my thing is like, I don't understand why um, the whole wealth movement has kind of turned into the, the beef wealth movement. Yeah. Um, I, I want us to kind of figure out a way to squash that. And I feel like it's very important because it, it doesn't make any sense for us to have all these issues that stem from the lack of wealth and then we get wealth and then we just fight with each other. It's like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. We got to figure out a way to sit down at the table and, and squash some stuff. And so like, that's only, really, that's only been my thing with a lot of other people. It's like the slandering, the trying to like hate on other people, the talking down on other people, like that serves nobody. So how do we solve the problem? We need to have like a code of conduct. And actuality, I actually created one of my blog posts. It was like the, the Black Wealth Commandments. And I didn't get a chance to get it out. It's still in draft form, but I'm going to get it out. And I just feel like we have to move differently. Like, okay, we're moving to the next phase of where we need to be. We're getting to the wealth phase. But with that new phase comes new requirements. You can't just be acting like you didn't have money when you had money. You should change with your money. But I see a lot of people who were like, they got a bunch of money, but they're still out there calling people the N-words and still cussing on camera and rolling to people's houses and trying to fight people in the streets. It's like, bro, like, why, why do we do all this if we're going to act like we don't have it anymore? And so that's just kind of what my mindset is these days. And I want the best for everybody. I want us all to win. But I also want us to kind of act like we have some sense while we're winning. Otherwise, why win in the first place? We could have just stayed broke and did that. Well, a big thing on what you're talking about right now that, I, I tell people this, this book changed my life. I realized I was from a upper middle class family. Our grandpa owned a juke joint in a farm. Uh, family owned lots of rentals in the 80s when people were going broke in the 80s and things were robust. And so for me, a book that changed my life was uh, Disintegration of Black America, Eugene Robinson. And it talks about the four. And this is like, if anybody gets this, this is America in total. It's not just Black America. You have the abandonment class, the the mainstream, the um, the transcendent. And oh, my God, I forgot the second one. The last one. But I'll bring it to you this way. Basically, abandonment class was a group of people who basically, you know, part time work, not always fully employed, uh, sometimes welfare, sometimes. But back in the 1980s and 90s, they could go work in a factory or get a trade and move up in life. Right. The middle is most the average black person is in the suburbs. Fifty two percent of black people live in the suburbs or rural areas. And they're the middle. They go on to work. They make money. Their kids live in the suburbs and they're having a good life. Then you have this transcendent class. Right. And in this transcendent class is what you see, honestly, is the Nigerians. It is the college educated. It's the, you know, mulatto children, which is the whole other conversation. But it's a it's a whole movement in that segment where there are people who are Haitian and all this stuff coming to America, having all these businesses. And there's a lot of growth, but there's a little bit of separation in these classes. And then you have the the, the Oprah's, the Robert, uh, the black guy, awesome. <laughs> that's a billionaire. And you also have, you know, the basketball players. That's a whole nother group. What I learned in that is there's this, for us, our abandonment class, honestly, in the African-American community is huge. And it instead of it being like, let's work to the middle, like most groups, let's work to the middle. There is a, a, a reminiscence of like hood culture and like want to be down and want to be cool, even once we get money and we can do different. And so uh, what I realized in that is even some of our most popular friends who are talking about changing their mindset, they still have to act a certain way on camera because if they actually did talk and change the way we talk, when we have dinner with them, they would lose their audience. Mm. So we, we really have to examine, yes, get the money, but there's a lot of... In our culture, the promote the promotion of good culture as glamour, 
it's glamorous to act this I way. Just, I feel like I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's a misconception. They think they will lose their audience but maybe their audience would just transform. And that's the goal for all of us. And that would be an awesome theory to see play out for sure. Right. I mean, I feel like Jay Morrison kind of did that. And I was telling somebody like the reason why I follow Jay Morrison isn't just because he does real estate. It's because he's clean and he does real estate and he's black. It's like, to me, that matters. To me, being clean cut, mm-hmm. doing all that other stuff and doing real estate is dope. And I'm starting to drift away from people who only do real estate and they happen to be black. So it's like, if you do real estate and you're a thug, we just ain't rocking, man. Like put on a suit, man. We got other, we have, we have, we have more of obligation than just getting money. We got to transform the image of us. And if we're not transforming the image of us, then people are going to still treat us the same. They're going to still talk to us the same. They're going to still see it the same. And I, that's, I have a greater vision for us than just I'm rich because there's a lot of rich people in the hood riding on spinners with a bunch of chains in the hood to fill the hood. But imagine if you get it, you clean up. And then you have people behind you who might not have it, but they're clean. They're, 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 they're dressing well. They're speaking well. They're not engaged in violence. It doesn't cost money to have manners. It doesn't cost money to be civilized. You don't have to be rich to do all these different things. So if we have rich people actually setting the standard of this is how we act, whether we have money or not, I just happen to have money, then we're going to see an improvement across the board. But it's, it's very easy to blame money. It's very easy to blame race. It's very easy to blame all these different things that we can't control that are difficult to obtain right. instead of just saying, bro, this is how we act. This is how we respect our women. This is how we raise our families. This is how we do all these different things and saying like, if we had money, we could. Like, bro, money might not be, like, we can't all be in the 1%. We can't all be in the 10%. The other 90% still have to do something, mm-hmm. whether they're or not. And, and that's a powerful thought process because at some point I want it to be played out. Does that make sense? Some of those things we're seeing to be played out. Like, why are you doing that? Right. right? Um, even as you see the young rappers that, you know, I don't really, I don't listen to their music, but they're all constantly talking about how they just use that money to go invest in business. But they're taking a very, you know, Dame Dash said they're taking a very expensive loan to do so. But there is a movement pushing where people realize it's, you know, the drumbeat of ownership is there. And uh, even with this COVID, like it's more than ever to me. What I'm when I'm on Instagram, even if I go into someone else's profile and look around, you see the push for better, uh, owning something, controlling something. Especially when you see, like, you know, to me, like when I hear the gentrification talk, I'm like, I'm tired of that. You're gonna buy something or not? Like, <laughs> like when people, you know, there's certain things where you're like, okay, we've not talked about this for 20 years now. We are gonna buy something or not? Like, you buying grandma house or no? Uh, some stuff is just an action. They have to just take action. Yeah, what you got? So, right Erica, you mentioned uh, your group that you started. The rise is a 20 percent. I'm a member, by the way. Um, yeah. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit more about that? So, you know, when this COVID thing broke out, uh, people were like, "Oh my god." Oh my God, everybody, the sky's falling. I said, all right, take a deep breath. You guys asked for reduction in prices. You got it. You asked for an opportunity to jump in the stock market. You got it. You, you, you asked for where you can grow and start business. What better time than now, right? What better time than now? Cause you're at home, you have the time. Um, and even solutions like masks, just making masks, making uh, protective gear. There were so many opportunities for people to step up. I had Mobile Home Elite come on the channel talking about mobile homes because guess what? There's going to be a percent of the people who hop into mobile homes because it's a way to have cheaper rent and like still be okay, take care of their family. And then there's going to be a portion of our society that moves up. They're going to, why do you think home price, home buying is surged right now? People are working from home. They realize they can't do it in a tight, cramped space. 
And so they're going to do what? Move to a bigger house. They can homeschool their kids. They can work from home and it can be in better neighborhoods. The rise of the 20% class was to talk to people who are going to be thought leaders in the community. And what is a thought leader? A thought leader is somebody who comes up with a solution. If you got a solution, people will work with you. Like just right now, how I haven't been buying anything. I'm just letting a lot of things settle. But if I was to come to the group right now and be like, hey, you guys want to buy this other property? You want to jump in? People would jump in because you're providing a solution and then you're, you're solving a problem. And so uh, the class was to help produce and cultivate thought leaders because that's what we need right now. We don't need people panicking. We don't need people saying the sky's falling. We need people saying, hey, well, I'm going to go buy this over here in this neighborhood and, and I'm going to buy the rest of this street or I'm going to buy these vacant lots or I'm going to build a team that does A, B and C. That's what we need. And, the, and that's why I created the class. Also, it was just fun having my friends who are, if not doubling down, tripling down on their businesses, come on and talk. And all of them, whether it's podcasts, whether it's mobile homes, whether it's real estate in Baltimore, like people are doubling, if not tripling down. Right, right, right. Charles, you, and you said you had a tweet said, get around as many successful pe- people as possible. Um, the reason why I posted that is because I realized like the reason I was able to do a lot of what I'm doing now, it wasn't just because one person impacted me. So it's easy to say like, oh, it was Chris, but it was also my conversations with Rashana. It was also my conversations with Andre. It was also my conversations and just my friendships with, friendships with a lot of really dope people. And so I tell people and also just working in the firm that I work in. And so you shouldn't see one person as that's the person that's going to get you there. Mm-hmm. Your whole circle should be winning. And so for me, you take little bits and pieces from different people. And so it's like, it'd be great if one person had all the answers, but the problem is their circumstances aren't the same as yours. And so you need to take from then what works for you and then go find other people. And you got to take something from them that works from them. And so I feel like it's it's not just about, I mean, it's like Jay-Z says, like everybody has to be rich in your circle. And I think Dame says it as well. And it's a powerful tool because it pushes you to become that. They say, if you're around four millionaires, you're going to be the you don't realize why that is. But the thing is, is you're seeing stuff, you're hearing stuff, you're experiencing things. So it's not even so much the mentorship as much as it's just, okay, I see that they do lunch at this time of day and they have a meeting with this person while they're doing lunch. So maybe there's something to that. Okay. I see they drive this kind of car. Okay. I see they put their car in an LLC. Okay. I see they do all these different things. And those pieces put together your successful life. It's not just somebody telling you run ads. Like that's one thing, but you got to see the behind the curtain. And so I was saying like, I don't really focus too much on people say I'm watching what they do. And so people can come on whatever they come on and they can start spitting game, but I'm looking at the methods behind what they're doing so I can apply those to my life because that's what I do. I learn and then I apply. I don't learn and then just say like, man, that's so cool. Like, no, I learn. And then I'm like, okay, well now I got to be producing on whatever, whatever platform I got to be producing on this. I got to be all these different things that kind of go in. But the point of that tweet was really Really, as many people as you can get around that are winners, get around them. But in the same hand, you got to get away from the losers. And so if there's some people who aren't doing what you want to do, you have to avoid them. You got to end the conversations with them because the conversation won't look the same, won't sound the same at this point in time. And it sounds harsh, but it's like, if we're not talking progress, I don't really have much time to talk to you. I'll fit it in. And this is true for even people close to me. I'll fit it in to kind of get on the phone with you for 15 minutes so you know I exist. But if it's not a conversation that's progressing me, I'm not going to make an effort to put it into my into my, my schedule. Well, also, too, you have to think about it. Usually when you're talking to people who are not progressing, you're kind of convinced them of an ideal. So I, I remember having dinner one time. I was convincing six friends of something. I'm like, wait, why am I convincing y'all of something that I'm actively doing every day? 
um, it almost has to be a light conversation. So the other week I had a problem. I was like, I don't know how to do this business part of this business contract. So I reached out to just everybody, everybody that was, I know was doing heavy business, Charles, all kinds of people. And out of like maybe 15 people, 10 got back to me because they were all busy and they were like, boom, 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 do this. You know, Chris Senegal out of Houston was like, boom, 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 do this, offer this, you know, uh, here at Charm City Bars, boom, 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 offer this, do this. And it was lined up pretty well. And I was like, actually taking it back, like, man, they all are doing big things. They're doing it so that they could identify a contract pain point. And so, you know, this is a $2.5 million contract. I needed it to be right before I went and paid all the attorney, you know, all this money. And I didn't even know what I was talking about. Like I needed to know a, a frame point of what I was even talking about. And I would say that that's the power of social media. The power of social media is you can access people like that. And also the power of providing value and the power of having a podcast, the power of doing all these different things is you need to figure out ways to get those people around you. And so you can't just be a bum and then just have a <laughs> Sorry. Like nobody wants to associate with somebody who's a bum, especially not successful people. And so you got to be <laughs> aspiring towards something and it might not be dope. And that's why I always tell people to put stuff out there, promote what you have. And then also what I think that Erica's doing that I meant to mention is, yeah, she's successful, but she's doubling down on her business. And I feel like that's so powerful. She's taking the money she's making and she's refining her system. She's improving her systems. And she's not just going and buying Fendi and Gucci and all this other stuff. Like if we were to be talking to somebody from a different business, they might have on the little Fendi, Fendi browse like visor and they want to see the money. We got the chains on, but like people who are really getting it in business where money is required, not just recruiting and promoting and advertising. The money is in the streets. Like Dane says, like we got the money working. Like as soon as, like I got money coming and it's like, I got an X amount of money just sitting over here. And it's like, that's, I could live really well out of that money. But I'm over here like, nah, I got to put it in the streets because that's just how I make my money. I make money in the streets. I don't make my money recruiting you to be in the yeah. streets with me, if that makes sense. For sure. I mean, I remember there was one month I had made $72,000 and take a guess how much of it I got to, I got to, I got to play with. That that's was mine. Cool. Take a guess. <laughs> Five. Huh? I said five. Three. Three. I thought Three. it was being. By the time yeah. I upgraded, repaired, invested, turned stuff around, uh, added new systems, added something else, like it, it, it was gone. All of it. Right. And people are like, oh, man, there's no way. And I'm like, yes, because um, <laughs> it's a machine. Right. You, you have this machine that will produce money. But if you don't take care of the machine. You don't take care of your staff. You don't take care of your properties. You don't take care of your trucks. You don't take care of your office space. You know, it's the little stuff that adds up. Like one time I was looking and there was something in an office that needed, it was like $400. I was like, why don't we have that? Oh no, that's unacceptable, right? Like some stuff you have to say, this is unacceptable for me as a business owner to not spend $400 to upgrade this one piece. And, and and more people would be like, Erica, just go buy a truck and a Jeep and a Porsche. And, a, and I'm like, but you guys are missing the fact that I'll be able to step away for three months and everybody on staff will still be doing what they need to be doing in two separate offices. Do you know what I mean? And also a full construction site project going on in 30 minutes away from the office. It, it's deeper than that, but they don't, they won't see that. And so that's why I said at the end of the year, I'll do a video kind of just outlaying like, you know, there's seasons of digging, there's seasons of harvest. Uh, there's a lot of good things. I feel like it speaks to the idea that money is a tool and also an idea that like the rich have money work for them. And so where other people might see like, oh, I got some money, it's time to live. Another person, a wealthy person sees money and it's like, okay, how can I get this working for me? And so, yeah, you have a lot of money, but that money has a job. And so you can do multiple things with money. You can put it to work or you can, you can consume it. You can eat the tree. You can eat it. You can eat the tree. You can kill the tree or you can take the seeds and plant more trees. 
And a lot of us, we want our orchard. We don't just want one tree. And so if you take all the fruit off of that one tree and consume it, now you're going to, I mean, you're not going to grow as large as you can grow. And I feel like your goal is to grow a lot larger than you are now. And so that's why you got to keep the money in the streets because this money right now is probably small money to, to compare to the big money that you actually want. For sure. For sure. And it, tracking, uh, it's something I think, Raphael, you're in the, you're in the group, you know, I, my biggest thing is to write down, if you can just write down what you made three years ago, well, what you made five years ago, what you made three years ago, and what you made last year, it will tell you everything you need to know about yourself. Are you going up? Are you going down? Are you uh, progressing? Uh, are you decreasing? You know, the, those numbers, if you don't know where your, your numbers are, in five years, you'll be in the same spot. Yeah, I've seen it happen to people. I've seen people call me when I first started consulting and people call me later. It's a whole you're not going to coast uphill and you're not going to drift uphill to a better life. You have to actually actively do little small things, even if you put it on you know, autopilot as far as putting money away every month or every week or every paycheck. It's, it's just a lot of truth out there that people aren't tracking. They just don't know their numbers and they aren't tracking. So COVID hit them over the head and they're like, oh my gosh, I got to close my business. I can't even open, right? And there's other people who are still going along, stripping around along. Visit GetLacedLaces.com. Do your sneakers look just like everyone else's? Could your sneakers use an upgrade? Be sure to slide on down to GetLacedLaces.com and grab some premium laces. These laces will make your sneakers stand out guaranteed. That's www.GetLacedLaces.com. Premium shoes need premium laces. Go get yours now. You can also connect on social media at Principal PDMC. Yeah, it's funny you say that because um, I've heard you say before that if you don't know where you're going to be in five years, you're already there. And also you had a you had a tweet that said that you said, write it down, write it down. People get mad when you ask them to write goals out or track income minus expenses with pen and paper. You can't hide from a problem once it's in front of you. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you it's like saying, yeah, maybe one day I'm going to do this. But if you open up your calendar and say, October 2nd, I am going to go here. I'm going to buy the ticket now. I'm going to do this particular process or I'm having this appointment. You can't run from it. Now, you know, October 2nd is coming. Now, you know, you're going to do this. Um, It's the same with problems. It's the same with weight loss, any of it, right? Pictures help you track. Okay. You know what you look like, know what you're supposed to look like, right? Or numbers help you get there. And so that's the number one thing. And I'm a creative person and I'm kind of like, hey, I'm big picture ideal. Let somebody else deal with the small details. But that's the number one thing you can save your businesses. If you know your numbers, like I get up and I look at QuickBooks every morning. I'm like, okay, this is what's going on. Okay. And we even have accountants that deal with that, but I still log in just to check. Like, let's see where we're going. Are we going up? Are we going down? Um, a really great thing Stripe does, it'll say your past four months versus last year or your past four months versus last month. And so now you're looking at your Stripe numbers and you're like, oh, well, we went up 25%. Great. What did we do different this month? Or we went down 50%. What have we done? What are, you know, is it the season? Is it people are home? Is it COVID? Like, if you don't know your numbers, how do you know what, which way to pivot? And pivoting is a skill, you know? So, especially with different quarters in the year. You see, Charles. Um, I feel like a lot of people are talking about pivoting and I kind of want to hear you expand on that idea because I listened to some Dana Chanel and Prince Sonnell and she's like huge on pivoting. And I guess, especially through COVID, it's very important to pivot. So can you talk about how maybe you've pivoted in during these coronavirus times? Um, best example of pivoting is uh, something that no longer works. Don't, don't do it. 
if, if you learn new information, now you can do something different, right? So at one point this year, I was introduced to government contracts and someone just sat me aside, you know, in Texas, we got $1.9 billion in transportation government contracts. So in my mind, I'm going, okay, I'm out here on this DAC board. I'm out here trying to make contracts, XBO, different companies. How about we just skip some of this, y'all, and go to a government contract where we're going to get guaranteed racks on racks, you know? And that way it takes care of investors. It takes care of the repair on the trucks. It, it, it streamlines your business. And I just simply made a decision. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get self-certified. We're going to get this set up and, and get in that order, in that direction. Um, another pivot for me was pivoting um, in the courses, right? I didn't want people just to say, okay, what course can you make up and stuff? I didn't want people's scarcity purchase because of COVID. I wanted people in group learning and talking to each other so they realize they're not alone. And that was the whole point of the, the Rise to percent class. When they're in there talking to each other, oh, okay, well, yeah, let's partner and do this, right? So I had some ladies partner and buy trailers. I had some ladies partner and buy trucks. There's a whole group over there that's they're buying their own trucks. Um, there are people trying to buy real estate and just people partnering in conversation and community. And, and in order to pivot, you have to be open to where you are and knowing you need to pivot. And that's the worst. When people don't know their numbers, they don't know where they're going, they don't realize they need to pivot. And, and there's a grace about things, right? Like, I'm not making fun of this one guy, but he was doing a lot of online video about cooking. And then all of a sudden he was talking about credit repair. And it was, it made no sense. It was like a weird pivot. And everybody's like, you didn't set this up in a graceful manner. Well, of course, later found out he got sued by the government. They're like, yeah, you can't, you can't do that in Georgia. Georgia has changed its laws. You can't do that. And I was like, that's the power in knowing how to gracefully pivot. Reading the room, making sure you know your information about your just your home state. If your state don't allow you to do that, you should at least know that before you take off and use your platform in a way that can get you. Speaking of communities, I feel like those are very powerful. Um, I mean, the investment club in the beginning was really just a community, but we we have these situations where you have like these, I guess, ghettos, and there's a lot of like ignorance that gets perpetuated through these ghettos, and then you just get more ignorant. But you have these communities that we're building, these digital communities of people who are like-minded, who want more out of life, who are helping other people, who are celebrating their wins, and we're able to kind of create these environments that allow people to thrive in. And I think that's so cool. I have one, you have one. Um, yeah, I mean, your like, options one. Yeah, it sounds like you've been having a lot of success. And I know people say nothing but great things about the options community. It's grown so much. And so I, w- I just think it's cool. And I think it's really important. And it speaks to what I was talking about is like getting around successful people, but also just getting around like-minded people. Like you don't, they don't gotta be all there. They've reached their culmination, but if you're working towards the same thing, that means you're studying the same thing. That means you're focused on the same thing. That means you can educate and inform people on the same thing. And I think communities are so powerful. It's like, yeah, mastermind groups are great, but community, let's focus on community and let's focus on putting together people who want more because everybody who lives next to you, everybody who's related to you, yeah. everybody who like, you know, that you might've grown up with might not be for you. So let's find the people who are for you so that you can get what is for you. So Rafael, I got, I got five minutes. I got, I got company. So what you got, man? <laughs> All right. I guess we got to wrap this up. Well, before wrap it up, I was gonna, going uh, okay. I was real quick, I was going to say when he's talking about people, not for you, I've been doing this for what? Six plus years, almost seven years. It wasn't until I bought like $300, $400 of crab legs and like splurged on my family that my family was like, oh my God, what's your business doing? Or that I was, my cousin saw me on an internet ad on on the, on the Instagram and was like, oh my God, you're really doing big business. So again, it you know, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated, but I'm going to go ahead and let you finish. 
Yeah, well, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll finish up without Charles, but I want to make sure before Charles leaves to say, first of all, happy birthday, brother. Thank you, sir. And I want to make sure I sit up on the show. Today is Charles's birthday. I'm, Shaq I'm 34 in, the prime, in his prime. All right, man. I'm, I'm, you know, Shaq owns everything. So for me, I'm like, Shaq, that's I got to get to own everything levels, like your shirt says. Owner be owned, so... We're looking at franchises. We're looking at whatever we can own. That's that's the goal. And you're yeah. you're really young. You got to realize how young you are. And if you look at Robert Smith and a lot of these people, it's that when they hit that thirty-five or fifty-five, that's like a whole new level of stride. Man. Because now you have kids, and and it, it looks different, right? Wait, so wait, all kind of conversation on that. But you know what I mean. So that's what I'm here for. That's funny. I'm in North New Jersey. That's where um, I think that's where Shaq was born. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't think that was born. I think that's where he he grew up. I forget what it was, but he's part owner of the only movie theater in North New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to do a, a, a big development also in New Jersey. I don't know what's what's going on with that now, but... Taxes is crazy in New Jersey. That's what's going on with that. <laughs> y'all going crazy in New Jersey. I'm like, if y'all don't stop, if y'all don't calm down, like um, New Jersey was the first to eat off New York. But now it'll be Florida for the next 20 years. Right. So that's something I always tell people. I'm like, pay attention. New Jersey was the first to eat off of it and then got greedy. You know, you, you can't you can't have crazy tax level uh, programs or or siphoning of the money. You got to like don't kill the golden goose. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the article about the one billionaire that left New Jersey and they had to readjust the whole budget. No, I heard you talking about it though. But yeah. I, I forgot. I forgot about that. I gotta look that up. That guy talked with him. He said, "If y'all keep playing, I'm leaving." And he, again, taxes matter, but that's all. <laughs> well, for now, New Jersey's still you know New York because it's still slightly cheaper. But I'm not sure what's going to happen after COVID uh, next year. But New Yorkers are running to Florida and Arizona, and I mean, and this has been scheduled though. A lot of these people told their CPAs they were leaving five years ago, and to get their affairs in order. So we're just doing predictions off. Who told their CPAs and tax accountants? We're not even talking about people who are just regular day, everyday people didn't tell anybody and they going to pick up and go. Mm, that's interesting. And you have, um, I think you were talking about how people say that your YouTube channel doesn't have that many subscribers compared to some people. So what I've heard you talk about the key is really having, I mean, you're like, you're like the massive P on YouTube. Like you got product. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, products, services, uh, even the affiliate marketing, right? So you'll see I'll do emails and I'll, Charles is posted in there, Terry, Annette's Worth, you know, Zion, Good Care. So a lot of these people, you're sharing a product that people want and people can buy it. So it's not even people buying from me, much less they'll buy from other people. I, I find myself to be, there's a book called Super Connectors and that's mm-hmm. the best description of me. Like I've always been like, hey, you got a problem? I may not know how to solve it, but let me connect you to my friend. Let me connect you to this person over here that can help, those kind of things. Yeah, I think that does describe you. You already are a super connector. I've, I've come across a lot of people through your platform, Charles and Andre um, Hatchett. I want to be on. Yeah, I want to be on. I was going to say Andre Hatchett, but actually, I discovered Andre Hatchett through Dr. Boyce, but I didn't pay much attention to him. Then, when he started linking up with you, that's when I really started paying attention to the to Andre. Uh, shout out to Dre. Sent me this shirt that I'm wearing right now, On or Beyond. I think he has one of the best slogans out there own i saw a guy own. on the street with that shirt on i was like yo you know dre he was like no i saw dr boyce Watkins wear this shirt and for me that's that cracked me up because i'm like you could have something and they don't even know who created it they just saw it on somebody so i told him if he can get it on a basketball player he really be uh they're gonna be acting wow 
<laughs> right, right. Uh, quick question: Did did Andre Hutchin make it to the book party this year? He didn't. You know, last minute he we were, we thought we were going to be over our capacity because of COVID, and then last minute I was like, I found out we weren't. But he didn't have enough time to fly in. He would have missed the boat. Uh, mm. But but it, it would have been better because he cracks me up. He's a party for sure. Shout out to Lita Dre, man. Next year I'm having two of them. I'm going to break it into two. I'm having it in May yeah. and August. And I'm gonna take them to a winery, take them to some good old Texas barbecue, and then throw them back on the boat on on Sunday. Like I think there's power in people physically meeting people mm-hmm. uh, and people coming to your office, people coming to your 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 projects, seeing it live in person. So next year I'm hoping they'll be able to kind of see you know Texas Ground Zero plus some fourplexes or a storage unit facility or something else that we're building so that it makes it worth it, makes the drive the flight out here worth it. Sounds good. I'm gonna try and make it next year. For sure. Uh, and you were talking about the power of the, the, the branding and people not even knowing the person behind it. That speaks to our, we have a sponsor, Investors Team, uh, Leonard uh-huh. Provado Life. Mr. Provado Life. Everybody wears his shirts. You can't fire me the boss. I think it was a long, and I, I discovered him through your show because you always wore the shirts. And for the longest time, I had no clue what he looked like. <laughs> yeah, he walked up on me. I was like, who are you? <laughs> And it's one of those yeah. things where just like, you know, but that's that's how powerful that can be. Like, there's a shirt I used to wear called Invest. I wore used to wear it a ton. And mm-hmm. people like, oh, your shirt. And I was standing right beside the guy who created it. He was like, no, that's my company. And we're at a FidCon thing where, you know, it was just funny because it's, it's that's how powerful your brand can be, that it can go beyond you. Right. And, and that guy, um, the company was the Black Market Exchange. I found him through you also. Uh, he was a pharmacist and he, he did so well with his products that he was able to quit his pharmacy job. Yeah. And pharmacists just say quite well, a lot. Yeah. And he's been able to do that because he has product. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned your your project, the Texas Ground Zero, as you called it. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, what I mean, you did talk about it before, but can you tell us what it is exactly? So Texas Ground Zero is it's 18 acres. It's going to be kind of a truck stop. When you see Loves, you see Bucky's, you see all those ones on the news or in, on video or picture. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be very much a place to be, a place to stop get their truck service, food trucks, uh, laundry mats, uh, showers, um, and a lounge. And so it'll allow truckers to kind of have a, you know, greenery background drop, you know, because a lot of times they park in some of these parking lots and it's so bright and it's so loud. They really never get good sleep. So when we saw this place, it's a little bit, it's like right off the highway, but it gives you this backdrop of this quiet feels like there's cows to the left of us and some goats in front of the building. So like they'll have this kind of, you know, walk their dog experience because a lot of truckers take their dogs on the road and then they have nowhere for their dogs to really relax, walk, you know, um, and kind of stretch their legs. And so I'm really proud of the place. Uh, the current owners do like a million dollars, chaotic, unorganized, a mess. And so as we come in and close it, you know, it's like any business. People have been doing something for so long, they don't realize how messy it is. And you just take all these little notes of how you're going to improve it and you can just see it. Right. So I'm super excited about it. Cool, man. And I think hearing about you, hear you talk about it, you're doing something that black people as a whole need to look to do, like taking over, like from the rooter to the tutor, like looking <laughs> at all the parts. Yeah of an industry and try to take take it vertically. Like uh, you you have the truck repair, then you have a truck parking lot. You say you're gonna have a hotel so they can sleep there instead of sleeping in the trucks all the time. Yep. You're gonna have food cars and provide them with food. I also heard one time you said uh you have security so there's no uh lot lizards. Ladies <laughs> of the night. 
excuse me, I mean to call them ladies of the night. I apologize. I didn't mean to call them the, the local cochlear term. Um, and so <laughs> the security, and here's the thing, <laughs> the security's for everybody, right? The guy, the security guys will give you rides to the laundromat. So you got to carry your clothes all the way, you know, they'll give you rides to the food trucks. They'll give you rides to the store. Cause we'll have a lot of healthy food options, um, in our little, uh, we'll have a little container. Uh, mm-hmm. it'll be a store and that store will have, you know, salads, fruit, water, some fruit, vegetables, you know, things that they can have options because a lot of times the truckers realize they, they're getting 400 pounds. How do they stop it? Or they don't want to die of a heart attack or they don't want to have bad joint. And so a lot of truckers are trying to figure out, okay, how do I improve? Oh, this is how I improve. I go eat differently. Gotcha, gotcha. And you had a tweet. This one was interesting. You said, try hard to work with black drivers and mechanics. <laughs> it's like days of our lives so properly. <laughs> it, it is. And here's the thing. When you... Uh, Sometimes I realize you try harder to work with people that look like you because you're trying to give them a chance. You're trying to be flexible. And these are things you wouldn't accept from other people. You, you, you would not accept being late. You would not accept a subpar work. And, and I'll still continue to try to work with black drivers and black people. But like it, it's hard. It is hard to um, set a tone and also be flexible. Right. Because, you know, they. You're like, hey, are you doing this because I'm a woman or is it because I'm black or what? You know, are you acting this way or not providing professional service? Why? And I, I recently had a guy who we, we did everything. We helped him. We helped him get a rental car. We helped him get a place to stay. We did all this. Stuff. We went above and beyond. And still that, that person's bad habits still ruled out at the end of the day. Right. And what I realized is you can't throw money at a problem. If they don't realize they have a problem, then they can never repair the behavior. And, and sometimes you're enabling people when you're giving them chance over chance over chance. They don't get to learn. They don't get to learn that bad behavior has consequences. Yeah, I've seen that at my job. Like the majority of the workforce at the bottom is is African-American, black, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And the funny thing is the company I work for, they, they, when I first got there, they used to promote in-house a lot. And they've mm-hmm. given a lot of people a lot of chance. Like people from the hood were able to move up in the company. But there was so many people I see there, like all this opportunity around us, and you just content to either just sit there at that little hourly wage or you just try to work the minimum amount of hours you can work so you can keep your benefits or whatever. Uh, and it's just sad seeing the, 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 the mentality. It just breaks your heart. But Well, I mean, and here's the thing. Let's just be really honest. Like if a company wants all A players, they got to pay money for A players. So a lot of companies get B and C players. And so you kind of get the results you get. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because if you want the A players, like there's uh, two guys on my staff that have been like out of the 12 trucks, like they've been, they're still here. They're number one and number two drivers. I've kept the same three people out of everybody that I've had turnover. I am willing to give those guys bonuses, give them breaks, do whatever, because they're A players. They're very flexible. They do whatever for the company. And sometimes you realize A players, you got to pay or compensate, whether it's just in me saying, I appreciate you sticking with the company, you know, like just words, actions. But when you have B or C players, you're going to get B or C player results. And sometimes companies can run with B or C players. They don't have to have all A players on staff, but trust, it, it, it'll show up at some point, now or later. Mm-hmm. All right. Can you tell us real quick, what I've heard you talk about your reason for getting into trucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you tell us about that for a little bit? So part of the reason I got into trucking is I'm a, I'm a big studier of immigrant families, basically being a military kid. And I noticed, you know, a lot of immigrants go where the money is. Consistent money, long-term money, investment money, like change your life money. And I saw all these people investing in truck stops 
and truck repair and trucking and owning the truck or being brokers and dispatchers, but not driving. You know, a lot of people that were drivers were black or white or Hispanic, but the guys who were handling the phone calls and handling the big money and the brokers and the shippers were the people who owned the company. And so for me, once I got out there, the more I got out there, I was like, oh, you're really bucking the trend by owning them. Just owning them alone is, is bucking the trend, right? Um, I've had people who, I mean, the best way to say it is owning their truck and owning their company, the conversations they have are absolutely different than a driver just driving the truck. And you're in an industry that is a $7.6 billion industry. There's money all over are you collecting it? Is, is the question. So you, how long have you been in trucking? Uh, since September 2018. Wow. Yeah. What you guys saw was January 2019 start seeing me purchase trucks. And then you saw this year, January, February, actually 17th, me start my authority, um, me recover my trucks from the previous company. And it, it's just a process. But again, like I said this in an old interview that all roads lead to real estate. When I saw the opportunity to buy the land, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's the $5 million move. You know, the trucks are great. You know, you're going to make about 20% off trucks. I mean, you can literally have a guy have five trucks and be really profitable versus somebody with 12, or 15 or 20. It, it, that's just the the laws of nature of things happening, trucks being repaired or, or turnover being higher. A guy with five or six trucks, he's only have to deal with five guys consistently, smaller amounts of repairs. So so there's levels to it. Yeah, so you, what you just said makes me want to ask you, what is it? No, we got e-commerce. You said you're talking about trucking, <coughs> all kind of businesses, there's stocks, there's all this. What is it? That is so special, especially for Black people. Mm-hmm. Well, for everybody, really, but for Black people in particular, what's so special about real estate? Real estate. So when I say all roads lead to real estate, um, you can look back at someone's family, and I'll take I'll take Black people for example. Everybody's got a big mama's house, a, a house somebody else. You know, people times are bad; they fell back to, or um, you have people that move from the north to the south, and they always move to somebody's house. They don't just move to an apartment when they come south; they move to their cousin's house. And the real estate owning, just by numbers, if you're in, let's say you're in Charlotte and your mortgage is 600 bucks and it's, that's very possible in Charlotte, very possible. Your, your, your mortgage is going to be 400 bucks. But your friend is having to rent at 1,600 every month. There's inherent money there in that space that you could use for living, investing and taking care of yourself. Um, if you look at in correlation, the home ownership, homeowners versus renters, this is an old stat, but it's still valued. An average renter has less than five grand in net worth, and it's usually their car. An average home buyer has 120,000 in net worth, and it doesn't always just include the house. Once you have some stability to your situation, which usually renting, depending on the area, of course, we're not talking about New York or California, depending on where you are, you're going to save half, if not double your income, right? So for a prime example, in North Carolina, there's a lot of 50K houses, three bedroom, two bath. Um, even when I graduated college, there were townhouses for 55,000 in Raleigh, North Carolina, brand new. And my friend's parents helped them put the down payment of three grand down. Those folks that I graduated college with are on their third rental property, plus their current home with their spouse. And it's not just one person, it's about 10 of them. And I just saw how real estate changed their life. And they were school teachers. So school teachers don't make a ton, right? Mm-hmm. But because they owned that first property and their mortgage was like 357 bucks, it was life changing. Uh, there's a lady who watches this channel and she had been watching me for years and she finally realized like, I need to go buy a condo. So she's in Houston. She buys her condo. Her rent was 321. She'd been working a job for 20 years that she hated and was able to quit because now 
instead of paying almost a thousand eight hundred a month in rent, she was only paying three twenty one in her condo mortgage. And so she was able to quit and do other opportunities. And so that's why I'm so I stress so hard about ownership. It's not like you're stuck with the house forever. You can go get a different house. You can sell this house. You have some flexibility, but people really fight you on the home ownership part. Just I mean, just that part alone. Imagine her working twenty years somewhere she didn't like. Now when she reduces that that you know, if she kept her same job, she had an additional thousand twelve hundred to use on other things, or a thousand five hundred to use on other things. It, it, it's simple numbers for me. Okay, so I've seen, I've seen, um, especially in some of your older videos, you talk about uh, the table with four legs. I, I think I'm definitely saying it wrong. It's okay. <laughs> It's talking about how, so basically in the book, Smartphone Millionaire, how essentially when you look up, people expect their job to pay for everything. When you've got multiple expenses, people taking care of their parents, their kids, their health insurance, investing. The reason people are so stressed or dissatisfied with their jobs is they realize it's not enough, right? People are always talking about, oh, I don't make enough at my job. Well, you were never meant to live off one, one income. You know, even when you see retirees, they had a pension, they had social security, and they had their own savings. It was a tri-legged stool. So now when I talk to people, I go, okay, are you building the streams of income to free yourself? So for me at the time, it was Lending Club. It was investing in dividend stocks. It was investing in e-commerce businesses, digital courses. So I had multiple legs holding up the table. When you lose just your job and that's all you've ever done, you didn't save any money, you didn't invest it anywhere, you lose your job. It's a fire. It's like a emergency. Uh, but people who like when I had my surgeries, I've had two different major surgeries here in Austin. I could sit back and breathe a little bit because I had money that I invested. So I knew I could pull it from somewhere. I could live off it a little bit. There, there was wiggle room in it. Yeah. So it's funny watching your, your your channel got me into a couple of years ago when I was going through some rough times and broke and I was like, got to do something. And I would always watch your videos. You talk about you got to do what you got to do. Uber, Lyft, something like that. I said, man, I got to jump on this. This I got to get some money. Get some Uber. The car was too old, so I did Uber Eats and I kept doing it. And it's like it was all inspired by you. Can you? I want to make sure before you leave that. You give us a, maybe a couple of minutes to give us your journey because I think people like you, you've come such a long way. Now you you do trucking, you've got Texas Ground Zero, you have all these products and courses, you have the book Smartphone Millionaire, you've got all these things going on, but your older videos were still have a lot of value. I, I think your story has a lot of value to the listeners. Can you tell us about how you, when you first came to Austin, Texas and your journey a little bit? So I came to Austin on a coin flip and at first I was working in uh, military sales and clean. And then when I got to Austin, I started working in apartment management and, and I was delivering pieces in the afternoon because I was like, okay, I need more money than this, right? How do I ex make extra money? But once I started delivering pieces, I was like, oh, well, I don't need this much money. Like I'm just, you know, I, my bills are lower now, right? So what I ended up doing is started looking for ways to invest it, right? Because I didn't want to just stop delivering pizzas. So I, I realized as I was delivering pizzas, I was learning neighborhoods. I was learning, okay, what's over here on this side of town? What's on this side of town? I was learning a lot. And I was able to use that later in real estate. But at the point of that is I was reading books that were like changing my mind because I had previously been a business owner and knew, okay, you're only going to do this for a little while before you open up another business. And so for people here, what's funny is my friends were like, well, you should just focus on this one thing. And I was like, nah, I know what I'm talking about. 
And as I was working uh, at the apartment management, I saw a painting company uh, that ended up making a ton of money off of us because I had told the, the complex, hey, look, hire a painter full time for the year so he can get rid of um, all these outsourced companies. And they were like, oh, we're not listening to you. Like, you're just a buildings manager. Well, I knew people were dissatisfied in the community. And at the end of the summer, we had 175 people not renew their lease. So now this apartment complex that was could have saved a lot of money, ended up spending like 300000 on outsourced painting to sand the doors, clean up the apartments, change the colors, do all this stuff just to get it up to snuff that they could have had a one or two guy show working day and night on the complex. And I ended up talking and taking to lunch the guy who started, who had his painting company that was making all this money. And what I realized is it just was a lot of money in service. And that's why I'm so big on service businesses. So I started a, a, a painting and fencing company with my friend, Mr. Bryant here in Austin, Texas. And at the end of the day, I looked up and I had completely changed my life. I wasn't delivering pizza anymore. I wasn't in the apartment industry. I was at my apartment making YouTube videos and answering the phone, taking payments for the fencing and painting company. And then as I just kept growing and progressing, then I, I was able to invest in bigger, larger opportunities because the money was there. And a lot of times what happens is people get to a position and they're like, oh, okay, I'm comfortable. Oh, I'm making 10, 15K a month. I don't have to do anything else. I can just chill here for years. And there's a great movie called Dune, D-U-N-E. Watch the original. Don't watch these new remakes. They suck. 1984 <laughs> classic. Go straight to the classic on HBO right now, I think, Netflix. Okay. And I watched it and it's, this guy was saying, well, father, why are we moving? And he said, son, there is something within us that sleeps when we do not grow. We don't change. We don't grow. We don't experience it. Something inside us sleeps. And he was young and he looked at him like, okay, whatever, dad. Well, then in the movie, he goes through a ton of things and he becomes a whole different person. You know, he even changes his name. And he goes and he screams out, father, the sleeper has awakened. And what I think is happening is a lot of people just awoke that they've been sleeping and they've been coasting the past couple of years before COVID. Um, you know, I, I'm not as, as strong as a few people that watch on YouTube. People on YouTube are like, oh, if you weren't prepared two years ago for this, you ain't gonna make it. And I don't believe that. I truly believe some people have awakened and can turn the ship right or left this year. There's still four months left in this year. You do not have to give up on your life or give up on your situation. And to me, some of the people I see riding in the streets are giving up. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. And it's like, don't waste this time. Don't waste this time protesting. Use this time to pivot. There are still tech companies hiring. There's still hospitals hiring. Use this time wisely. Is, is what I would say, because 70, 73% of people are still working through this whole thing. Yeah. And can you touch on real quickly? Because like I was saying, you do a lot of things now. And to look at you now, it's like, wow, Erica is doing a lot. She's doing multiple things. I want to be like Erica. You, don't you be always <laughs> be better. Be better. <laughs> I thought we should be better than me. I done made enough mistakes. Be better. Well, you you say that you don't do so many things at once. Mm-hmm. You pick one thing. Hyper focus. Hyper, like right now, the past 90 days has been nothing but Texas Ground Zero every day. This in the boat party, just getting ready for this. Like the staff, I'm not that I've ignored them, but I'm like, all right, do your job like you're supposed to do because every day all I'm gonna be talking about is closing this place, getting this place closed, getting all this paperwork done, getting this dirt out here, getting these things moved around. That's my hyper focus, right? So before that, in the beginning of the year, my hyper focus was like building Rise of 20%, building the course, building the community, letting people talk and making sure that class worked well. 
But before that, my hyper focus was, you know, October, November, my hyper focus is always tax lean. What's some good opportunities I can hyper focus on for a little bit. And it's almost just like 90 day projects, 90 day pushes of one thing really hard. And it'll make the difference because once you set up a lot of your businesses right, they can kind of just go after you set them up right and you give your staff instruction and SOPs, standard operating procedures that they can do. It's kind of like Charles. Charles is like, when you say staff, like, Charles is like, you do take care of it. I don't I don't even want to see certain problems. Like yep. so Charlie got this idea for this thing. Do it. Mm-hmm. I think we should do it. Like you ready? Like you want to hear the idea? Like fully? It's like, nah, just do it. And then we just pivot from there. We just, you know, yeah. a big a big thing here on this show that we talk about is get started and get fancy later. Mm-hmm. Like when we started, um this this podcast started from I started helping writing for Charles's blog. And then one day I noticed, I started noticing that a lot of times he would tweet something and people would say, can you expand on that? Can you yeah. explain? And most of the time he did it because he just kept going, he just kept yeah. moving on. So yeah. I said, I'm like, yo, I got an idea for a podcast where we can just expand on your tweets. And he was like, at first he was busy. He didn't even answer me back. Then I hit him up again. He's like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, let's do it tonight, like right yeah. now. And we just started. I didn't have a name for it. It wasn't fully fleshed out. We just got started. Mm-hmm. And even the, the, the intro, we didn't, I didn't have any money to do it. All I had was my cell phone. Yeah. We didn't have an intro. So I just started <laughs> saying, tweet, talk, because I didn't have an intro. And I'm <laughs> yeah, like, okay. I'm just, uh, I, I talk in a very monotone. So it's like, I got to do something. But now we got down the voice doing the, the, the intro with the music and all this stuff. We got ad sponsors and just grew from there. But, you start and you get fancy later. I mean, really, 99% of people, the reason they don't start is like, well, I got to get this and this. And it's, it's a lot of procrastination. If you get started, you'll be a surprise how far you'll get ahead of people who are, I mean, I, I know people right now who record a bunch of podcasts and because they're not perfectly edited, they haven't released them. So they're sitting there with 50 mm. recordings that they're going to do nothing with. And it's like, uh, what a waste. Yeah, we have some some episodes where the, the audio is like choppy. Is like so. A couple of them were like really bad, but we just put them out. Yeah. And one time I said when I tweeted it out, like no episode up, even though the audio is bad. We said put the content out, and somebody said to me, "Well, we don't listen for the audio. The audio is always kind of like not so great. We listen for the content." <laughs> yeah. And we kept it moving, and now we're here. They give you some break. Yeah. So you've got Texas Ground Zero. You've got courses. Mm-hmm. You've got the Classic Client Planner. Can you tell us about that really quick? Well, we have part two coming out for Classic Farm Planner. The planner was, people say, well, what do you do every day? What do you do? And I go, I, I keep it simple. I, I, I dictate what I'm grateful for. Uh, thank God I woke up. And then I pick three small micro goals that I can do in a day. If I get those three done, everything else after that is a bonus. And what I have to tell people is like, you really have to hone in. You kill procrastination when you know, right? You know what you need to do. Put your three micro goals that you can get done today. And once you get them done, you're like, poof, even better, right? Um, now I can move forward and do other things. The planner I have coming up, I have a couple of things coming up. I have a gratitude journal coming up. There's ways that you can use it. And then there is also a planner for 2021 coming out. Now people are already like, Erica, 2021, we got four more months in the year. No, honey, listen, if you aren't even planning for January, February, March right now, like you are already behind. Like if you don't have some kind of ideal of where you're heading, just the first quarter of 2021 right now, like, yeah, right now is a great time to play with Tesla and Amazon and be on the internet and get ready for Christmas. But if you're a business and you're not thinking about how next year you can pivot, whew, 
I'm scared for you. Like I noticed with this whole COVID thing, all of a sudden restaurants who were tiny and they were cool for being niche and tiny on the inside started building outdoor patio sets because they had to, because of the reduced CV for COVID. Like, so, you know, even remodeling, remodeling companies right now are killing it because people are stuck at home. And now that thing they ignored at their house, they can't ignore it anymore. That grass that was bad, they can't ignore it anymore. The the lack of uh, patio or, or deck in the back, they can't ignore it anymore. They're there every day looking at a problem. And that's what this, this COVID has opened up a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of little stuff that I'm doing that I'll tell people more in December um, because it'll be at the 100 day mark at that point. But there's a lot of stuff that I started this year and really put my neck on the line for because I knew it could bring more money. I knew it could change my life. And if you're not planning again for January through March already, and so that 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 planner I have coming out for 2021, um, it'll be more in depth. It'll be have spiral. Um, it'll it'll be really good. But it'll probably drop out October, November because I want people to be serious about planning their year. Because every year the same tweets come out. Um, new year, new me, new people, mm-hmm. new events, right? And it's like this year really challenged people to understand you, those chance encounters of like just accidentally bumping to people on the street. That's over, right? A lot of women were like, hey, I'm gonna just dress the best I can and walk out. And some man gonna find me, right? I'm gonna get chose. Well, now you have to really should be strategic about where you're going, uh, where you're gonna spend your afternoons because COVID has changed that. Same thing with business owners. A lot of people are like, all I know is I need to get to that conference and have a chance. Well, now you gotta really plan how to talk to people very LinkedIn or wherever, go to their office because that chance encounter of that business owner isn't happening anymore. It just isn't, right? So right now I'm getting ready in the fall to go to one of Grant Cardone's big business boot camps. I'm not saying I'm not going for him. <laughs> I'm gonna bring one or two of my staff with me, but I am going for the people in the room. Even some of his real estate stuff he does. I'm going for the people in the room. I've gone to uh, a real estate event where we were talking about buying an apartment and end up partnering with someone from Hawaii to buy other rental properties. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you go, like I can get, you know, opportunities if I work. Gotcha. And now I'm listening to you. I'm thinking now, I've picked up a lot of stuff from your channel over the years. Like, I remember you, you, you talked a lot about um, being intentional and going on Eventbrite and meetup.com. I, that's, I started going on Eventbrite. I found a lot of events, black wealth oriented, like-minded people. You know, it changed my life. Like, you gotta get on, you gotta get to these places. Because people say like, I don't know where to find. Yep. It's your favorite thing. I don't know where to find them. Where are they? Mike, this is your time to actually go really try to uh, curate and grow your community. Like right now, I have a whole list of about 100 people that I'm trying to talk to. And it ain't even for uh, like selfish reasons. It's for the honest reason of like connecting and growing. So, yeah, well, it's like you. And you started off, I want to say started off, but your investments, your group investment, you kind of started off like Charles did started with uh, a crowdfund, mm-hmm. right? Would you say that in the trucks you started? Yeah I, would say, yeah, I would say I didn't do a blind fund. I did a very strategic, like a, here's the asset and then you can invest in the very asset. Um, you know, in the future, more stuff I'll do will be more closer to regulation D. So yeah, but can you talk about for people who are starting out, mm-hmm. how important that what that is for you? Like, I mean, you're kind of past that point now and Charles is saying he's sick of that kind of stuff too. Like. <laughs> There's levels to it. There's levels to it. Um, once you buy the first truck, you're like, all right. Once you buy the first house, you're like, okay. Now you're getting to the grind of operations and you get in the grind of wanting to grow into bigger projects like an eight unit or 12 unit or let's buy some land and build from the ground up. Let's really do some cool stuff, right? You, you just get into a different mindset after a while. Um, I will say uh, I've proposed it as an opportunity for everybody to make money and grow. Uh, 
And I put it on a three-year contract because at the three years, I'm like, if this isn't producing fruit, then we can all get up out of this. We can sell these drugs. We can go do something else. We can put our money elsewhere. And I think that's important for people to have an end goal in mind, an exit strategy in mind so that investors are happy, you're happy, and you can actually produce on what you say you can do. Yeah. So you you definitely recommend telling people upfront, this is how long your money is going to be locked up. Yeah. I mean, and also and being really realistic because I'm in apartment investment groups and you don't get paid out. You get paid out quarterly and you get paid out biannually. And you get paid out once a year for some of these people. So you're talking about people who get a $30,000 check sometimes in the apartment groups once a year. And then they just have to make it make sense. Right. And so you're talking to people who are in smaller real estate deals. Like right now, I sent out a batch of checks, I think, for 200 bucks and 150 bucks for some of them um, because the rental units are small and cheap. So, you know, you have multiple investors in the group. You're, you're talking about $200 a quarter. <clears throat> and for people to be like, oh, I'm ready to see my money right now. It's like, okay, here's 200 bucks, right? You know what I mean? Like, if you want to see a lot of money, then you have to own the property right out yourself. And even then, you're talking about 500 bucks, depending on the door. And so you're just trying to get people to, under, to see things in the context of long term. 10 years from now, what's going to pay me for, for 10 years? YouTube and Texas Ground Zero, a place where trucks are repaired and parked and are serviced. You know what I mean? So that's the kind of moves I make is, is 10 year moves. Like in 10 years, what will this look like? Okay. Well, it'll look like, okay, well, Erica ran an um, investment club for this many years. And then afterwards she had government contracts, you know, on the remaining partnerships she had with trucks. It's a way to long-term strategize a lot of this stuff. And Texas Ground Zero, that was not crowdfunding, correct? Nope. That is uh, owner financing with the owners. And uh, literally, I have a partner that's bringing in the acquisition close amount, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I'm big. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in the crowdfunding stuff because today is 820. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on the Black Hose lawn. It's a big... You know, to me, I think, I, I think uh, <clears throat> these people weren't investors. A lot of them were if you put $500 in and if you do simple math on 10%, you're talking about $50 check. If I, if I was, if I was, um, Jay Morrison, I'd find a way to cash out everybody. Cash out who wants to be cashed out and keep it moving on to the next project. You know, that's my two cents on it. I have no dog in that fight. I have no disrespect for him because it's hard enough raising money and, and it's hard enough dealing with people. And one person can throw a tantrum and it makes it seem like you're a horrible person. And that may not be true. You don't know. You don't know the whole story. So my thing is, if people want their fifty dollars, because that's what what was eight percent dividend or ten percent? Yeah, eight percent. Eight percent. So return. we're talking about forty bucks, okay? If people want a check of 40 bucks, I think he should sit down in his office and write checks for 40 bucks to everybody he can until his fingers hurt. Because it's because that's that's the real math. Do you see what I'm saying? You're talking about somebody had your money, had $500 for a year. You're talking about 8% dividend. So again, uh, I mean, people may go back and hate me for this in this video and I'm okay with that. But again, you're talking about 40 bucks. Go write these people a check and just walk on with your life. And that's why I don't deal with anybody less than five or 10 or 15 or 20 grand because it's just mentally they're not there for it. They don't know. They're just not there for it. They don't know. They, they, they may not have the concept of, okay, this is an investment and it may take some time to get it back or, or may, you know, it's a year, you know, in the course of a year, if you haven't worked and made $500 again, something's wrong. Right. So, uh, so is this a lot to it, but I'm gonna get ready to get out of here because I hate being at this office so late, but um, yep. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Can you just tell us where they can find you, where they can find the courses and all that? 
Well, they can find me on Instagram, Erica's Classy Climb. They can find me on YouTube, preferably as you literally just type in the search bar, Erica Williams, uh, Classy Climb, either one of those, and you'll find me. Um, and on Twitter, I think I'm Erica, mother of dragons at this point. <laughs> I just keep, <laughs> I keep messing with it. I think I'm daughter of Winterfell. Yeah, slayer of numbers. Slayer of something. Um, and so it's Erica Williams on Twitter. But yeah, I mean, I'm out here. I will be on sabbatical soon. But I will be at uh, several masterminds here coming up early. So. Okay, so you know, just leave it with the last one last tweet from you. You said pivoting is a skill. Some folks have mastered it wonderfully, and definitely, Erica, you have mastered it. And like, like we're saying, follow Erica on YouTube. What to search Erica Williams? That's Erica with a C, a K, and an A. <laughs> just the way you say it, cracking up. <laughs> And on Twitter is at Erica S. Williams. Make sure to put the S in there. And definitely follow her for everything she's doing. And definitely check out our sponsors, investasateam.com. Our other sponsor, Get Laced Laces. You can upgrade your wardrobe. Shout out to all the friends of the show, Andre Hatchet, Chris Johnson. You guys know who you are, Don the Voice, our podcast editor and producer. Um, everybody out there, be sure to check out toddcopy.co for all the, the courses. Shout out to, to Charles. It's his birthday today. He just hit two million in cash. He just hit had an article in Forbes. Shout out to Charles and everything he's doing. Check out our ebook coming soon. Don't be a little bee. Start a little business at gumroad.com/tweettalk for Charles and Raphael and Erica Williams. Tweet Talk episode sixty. We are out. Peace. If you've reached the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We value your time. And that's why we want to give you the best sounding, best produced quality of content we possibly can. And this podcast you've been listening to has been edited and produced by yours truly. I'm Donald The Voice. I'm a 10 year voiceover artist, narrator and production specialist that wants to see only the best life giving, equipping and long lasting content be produced to help others. So if you have commercial video editing or other production needs, I love to talk with you. That's right. Visit DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page to talk about how we can work together to bring your content to life. Okay, so you're not an email person. Well, you can also contact me on Instagram at DonaldTheVoice or on Facebook.com forward slash Donald.TheVoice. I'm looking forward to talking to you.